Yes, yes, team. Welcome to another episode of the Total Mental Performance Podcast. Today, we've got Brendan Myers. Brendan is the founder and CEO of My Coach AI. My Coach AI is a health and wellness platform that helps coaches, trainers, course creators, small businesses, and gyms get more customers by automating the process. It's a super cool platform from what I've seen. And uh, I've also recently guested on Brendan's podcast and uh, he's returned the favor. Very, very interesting guy. Brendan, mate, welcome to the Total Mental Performance Podcast. Thanks, man. That's a mouthful. Just even saying my full name. I live in Argentina. And when they say my full name, it's just like, oh my gosh, you're so much, bro. I appreciate you having me. My pleasure. My pleasure. So tell me, what is it that you actually do on a day-to-day basis? <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I wake up and immediately I'm responding to, to coaches and potential bugs, ideas, questions from my team, um, and trying to eat <laughs> and follow my own, my own life, I guess, my personal life, uh, and all the way up until I go to bed, which is really, really late. Uh, many times because now I am in, uh, I live in Argentina now. So the way that they kind of live their lives is uh, quite late. So I just, I work all day. I'm, uh, I'm like client success, CEO, COO, acting as uh, enrollment, outreach, the whole thing. Uh, that's what I do all day. It's all day until I go to sleep. So I definitely, could use this podcast for myself. Amazing. And what is it that you guys are building over at My Coach AI? Yeah, man. So for the longest time, we've been uh, we've been really, really focused on creating a creating a platform that would take all of the things that you may need to use for your coaching business or a small business at that and bringing it all in one, consolidating the process so that you can finally work on your business in the way that you want. No more stress having to go and use WhatsApp or Google Drive or use this or that. It's, it really is one place to serve all of your clients and it's small ticket to high ticket, the whole thing. That's essentially it in a nutshell. Okay. So how did you get there? Because I myself was a, I was actually a failed technology entrepreneur. Uh, so I tried to launch a company called Make Weight. So it was a nutrition app for boxers. Um, you you said you used a box when we spoke on our, our last call. And as you probably know, the boxing market's absolutely tiny. And uh, we learned the hard way there's no money in, te- in boxing technology. And uh, that didn't quite work out. But that came from a very natural progression of, okay, I'm a fighter. I struggle to make weight. My nutritionist has given me a lot of training plans and that's helped me make weight. So let's try and turn this into a technology and help loads of other people. And that's kind of how we got there. How did you land in, uh, in the world of my coach AI? Funny enough. So I started with, um, yeah, man, that's a, that's a, that's a long qu- answer, but also I can make it quite short. I played collegiate football, a very high level at Florida Atlantic University. And then I decided, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to stop playing football, all this hard work. It just, I don't love what I was doing anymore. And I could tell because I dreaded every moment of my training. I dreaded having to continue to work uh, as hard as I was. I dreaded winning every single sprint that we had to do. Right. This is American football. Um, And so I quit, walked to my coach's office. And he said, turn around. This is who you could have been. I was starting um, playing against the Florida Gators, which is one of the biggest 
teams in the United States. And he said, although you're leaving, remember who you could have been, could have been in the NFL, could have done all these different things. I know you're still going to bring your vision to life and do everything that you could ever imagine and more. And I was like, fuck. Okay. So I, uh, I quit, started YouTube, built my, my Facebook and YouTube and social media, accumulated over 500 million views, um, started like some online marketing with my training and the programs that I was selling, teaching people how to also build their own businesses, built an agency. It just kind of snowballed into now I had my own software. Now I had like an mm. opportunity to create something that now I didn't have to be really the face of. And I could now support an industry without having to use my mouth, having to use my face, having to use the energy of my being. And it was more so other people, putting other people on pedestals, putting everybody else at the forefront and being like, hey, just use this software and you now be the voice of the industry. That's how, that's how it led. Wow. Yeah. There's a lot in there. There's a lot in there. Was it a hard decision for you to quit football or was it, was it quite, nah, I'm out, I've, I'm done. Or was there an identity shift that needed to happen or had it already happened when you walked out the door? I couldn't understand it. My identity has been shifting for the last 10 years, man. I've been in the industry for 10 years. I'm going to be 31 next month. And I live in Argentina now. Imagine how my identity is right now. It's like, who... Who was the Brendan Myers before? Who's the Brendan Myers today? I'm almost there really, really understanding this new phase of my life, but it's also like really who is this new Brendan Myers and what is, what is this stuff that's going on? So to answer your question, not really. When I made that decision, it just felt like I didn't want to. And I actually felt bad about it. And so when I felt bad about it, I went to go pursue another school because I felt bad about it. So it's like a very interesting, yeah, it, it was quite interesting, quite interesting. Yeah, I hear you, I hear you. Um, what fascinates me about technology is it is just a huge psychology game. Like when you build a technology platform, so when I spent six years selling software, um, I had to learn a lot about technology, I had to learn about communicating technology, I had to learn about how humans actually lose technology, use it. You, what you think the user will do versus what the user actually does are like two completely different things. I still think about that with TMP when we're looking at our, our apps and our courses and whatever. And it's like, yeah, we expect them to do this, but they don't, they do this instead. And right, right, right. I can sense that you love the psychology side of things. Have you always been fascinated by that or is that something that you've grown into? I don't know. To be, to be quite honest, I don't know. What I do know is I have always been fascinated um, with humans and just myself, like fascinated with why do I want to do that? Why? I always asked myself since I was young, why? Why, Brendan? Why do you want to do this? Why do you want to create that? Why do you want to go pursue that? Why this? Why that? And it got to a point where in my life, when I started to go through some intense things, whether it was with my ex-girlfriend or my business, whatever it was, it always came back to, okay, I have the resilience. I know that I have the power to break through, but why do I have that power? Why do I have the resilience? And that's what really became so interesting to me. 
that's what, Kieran, it, it became so, like, I couldn't even run from it anymore. I had to really figure out why. And that's, yeah. And then I did. I found out more of why. And it's a forever, never-ending process of learning why. So what's Brendan? I love these. I love these existential conversations, by the way, mate. Uh, this is what I call stargazing. Like you're looking off into the universe and going, yeah, well, what is inherent to the fucking point? And I could, I could sit here all day long on that. So what is your why today? What, what is it that keeps you ticking? Because if you are going to be an entrepreneur, you got to take on a lot of stress. You got to take on a lot of risk. You got to take on something that's meaningful enough to get kicked in the nuts again and again and still, and still win. What is your why today? If you're looking at what you're building and why, what's the point? Why? I love this. I actually spoke in front of 700 coaches about why it's beautiful. It was amazing. And in that speech, we went down to the seed. We believe that we know our seed. However, we're so distracted by the noise of what's happening around us. And we confuse our intuition of what we want with the noise and the information on the outside. And it wasn't until about the last year that I fully, fully started embracing my whys. And really my big why. The reason why I do what I do with my coach AI right now is because I care so much about supporting people and supporting individuals. It doesn't matter if you're a coach or a client, whoever it is, I wanna see people break through and do things that they may have not thought was possible. And I'm seeing somebody here in, in Argentina and we had a deep conversation. It's only in Spanish. So it's like interesting, the, the type of conversation it is. And she's like, well, we, we can't really do this. We can't really do that. And then I looked her dead in the eyes. And I, was, I was like, we can do anything that we put our minds to. Everything is possible. And it wasn't the, it wasn't the actual words that meant so much like, yes, we can do every single thing possible. No, obviously we can't, we can't fly. It's, it's not possible. Right. It was more so the, the depth of it, where, where it came from, it was aligned with my purpose and the reason why I'm doing the things. And interestingly enough, a week later, when I was going through, I'm going through some neurological things, go, I went to see a spine surgeon, um, last week. And when I was texting her, I was like, yeah, you know, to be honest, I'm a bit fearful of this to be very real. And, you know, if there's something wrong, you know, it's, it's, it's quite, it's quite scary. And she said, remember, Brendan, everything is possible. You're going to be okay. That Kieran is what I do it for. It's for the people who Think one way in one instance and then jump over the river to the other side and now look at the where they used to be completely different. You know, it's fascinating because we I think this is why we connect well, because uh, I've got exactly the same thing. Like we look at what TMP does, it rewires the conscious reality of all of our clients. We help clients re understand the world and respond and think and feel and perform in a completely different way. And it sounds like you've reached this place, which we encourage all of our clients to, to get to, which is instead of running away, running away from fear, running away from insecurity, self-doubt, not feeling enough, unworthiness, 
sounds like you've started running towards running towards helping other people running towards helping others and into a life of service and when you bridge that gap from running away i need to prove myself i need to show that i'm enough i need to show that i'm worthy i need to show that i'm lovable and you run towards service honestly the the game completely changes but it takes a lot of work you got to go inside you got to go start working on the emotional stuff the childhood stuff the parts of you where your entire reality is born when you're a child and you got to rewire all of that so it sounds like we've got a lot of shared values and we've reached the same place but what's fascinating is and this is really cool when you build an environment of amazing people that have similar whys, the way in which you deliver those whys can be completely different. So you've got a technology platform that enables entrepreneurs and coaches to go and realize their dreams, to go and serve their clients in completely different ways, go and save more time and energy for them to go out and build other stuff. We do the same thing with the human. So we help the human get out of their own way. We help the human master their emotions, their limiting beliefs, their challenges, and ultimately perform in a completely different way to change more of their clients' lives and their family's lives and, and whatever. So it's really, really fascinating. And what you put out is what you get back. Um, but I'd love to learn more about Brendan, the child. Like, where was all of this born? If you could describe the context of Brendan as a child, what happened there that led to some thoughts, some feelings, some beliefs that eventually evolved into the man who you are today? Yeah, dude. I was a incredible athlete growing up. Incredible. I could compete to be the absolute best in every sport that I played. I did chess. I started learning piano. I played soccer. I played American football. I played basketball. I played baseball. And there was a time where I went up to my my aunt, and I remember my relationship with my brother has always been difficult to say the least. The majority of my life, I worked to be heard and seen by my brother. And I told him this several times in my life, especially later in my life, after I healed and I was going through the things as well. And this is very important because my entire life was dictated based off of these small situations that happened when I was younger. So I was a great athlete. There was a point where we were up in New York City with my family, my extended family. I'm from Florida, New York City. And I remember going up to my aunt. And my brother had really, really bad acne. My sister had really, really bad acne. If you can see my face, I have scars, right? And so I went up to my aunt and I said, hey, Aunt Joanne. My brother and his face is so bad. And I remember I was bad mouthing his, how he looked and all this stuff. And I said, I'm never going to have anything like that. I had the worst acne out of everybody in my family. After that. And the majority of my childhood was me finding a way to get back at my brother for the way that he treated me. Mm. Interesting. And... I also felt like being the youngest, that if I could work the hardest, if I could be the person that did show up for everybody, that if I could be all of these things, then I would be feel seen and feel heard. And so that, that was essentially what charged my, the majority of my life up until 
I would say five years ago, I went through like, or six years ago, I went through very intense training and things to break through. And then ever since it's just been a work in progress. And now for the first time I'm, I live in a $500 a month apartment in Argentina. I speak a different language. I never spoke that language before. I don't feel like I need to answer to anybody. I need to tell anybody what I'm doing. I don't need to explain myself. I I'm okay with the situations that come to me. It, it is what it is. I have different tattoos on my skin that says, it's all good. Let it be. Confia en el proceso. Like trust in the process. These things, now I, from when I was a kid and a child, struggling with feeling seen, feeling heard, being a great athlete to then going through intense, like I didn't even want to be seen in public and a small shrimpy kid, 119 pounds, feeling like I was broken, I was nothing to this world, could not offer anything when my athletic ability was always what I could lean on, but I wouldn't even show that anymore. That's where it all changed. And that was my childhood that essentially created the Brendan Myers that people see, especially today. Yeah, beautiful story, mate. Thank you so much for sharing that. And it's interesting because I talk a lot about operating out of dark energy and light energy. And it's never black and white. As, as much as it sounds black and white, you're never just operating out of love, love, light and abundance. There's always a little bit of darkness in there. But what I see with, uh, with children that are very driven and ambitious, they usually get a message. And a message is you're not enough, you're not lovable, you're not worthy in some form, whatever that's with at school, parents, teachers or whatever. And then they go one or two ways. They go, yeah, you're right. They give up. And then they just sh shallow off into mediocrity and they kind of accept the message. Well, then the other kids go the other way and they go, fuck you, I'm going to prove you wrong. And those are the ambitious types. Those are the creatives, the dreamers, the doers. The, me, I'm going me. to go build stuff. I'm going to go win stuff. Me, yeah. me, yeah. me, yeah, exactly. Me. Yeah. And that's 99% that's of our client base. That's exactly, yeah, that's, every, and our audience that are listening to this will resonate with that. Dude, I was, the majority of my time on this earth I was trying to just prove to people that you can work as hard as possible and, and achieve everything, everything that you want in your life. You can achieve if you just put hard work in. And what I learned is that, yeah, you can do that in the short term, but man, you don't know what's coming. There's things with my body, for instance, that I'm I'm going to be 31. And I was, I was with the neurologist about a week ago. And he's doing a test on me, an EMG test. And he's like, I don't get it. So it's holding, so it's holding, which means you are young. You are young. I don't understand why your spine is like this. Like, what do you do? Like, what have you? And I've just worked really hard at every single thing that I've done the majority of my life. And that's it. With not true purpose behind it. Just work as hard as possible feel seen, feel heard, and be a leader. When in reality, I was leading people down a path that I believe does have long-term effects that are not the best for humans. Burnout, injuries, disease, mm. sickness, relationships that break, all these things, man. It was, it was, Again and again and again, this like, I need to, I need to, I need to, rather than I want to, I get to. Yeah. 
So that's always been, yeah, that's, that's been what was proven, proving, proving. You know, everything you share, Brendan, is exactly why I launched Total Mental Performance. Um, I believe that my ambition nearly killed me. And uh, the way that that happened and manifested itself is through boxing, never feeling enough, having to try and prove myself again and again and again to the point where I was, I managed to make the national team. I was sixth in the, sixth in the UK rankings. Um, I was trying to launch a startup for, for a technology startup. Uh, and then on top of that, I was recruiting for Samsung, all of their top salespeople. And I went through a period of time where after in the space of one month, I uh, lost my place on the on the England men's team. I lost uh, the business went completely wrong, so we we lost all of the money on on that one. Um, ended up with binge eating disorder, uh, anxiety, depression. Tried to take my own life, and that was because my ambition was built solely on darkness. Same as you, I got to prove myself to everyone. I got to show everyone I'm the man. I got to show everyone I'm the leader. I got to show everyone and work and work and work and work and work to the point where my ambition nearly killed me. Now, that's why TMP exists, because there's a lot of people that are listening to this that are so driven and so ambitious, and they think, nah, burnout won't happen to me, or no, those health consequences won't happen to me, or I'll just suck it up. It'll be fine. But if you keep burning the candle at both ends, fucking the consequences of that. I wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for me going through the processes I now take our clients through. Suffering. So you're suffering it's not a well. joke. Yeah. 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 Suffering, you know, so we talk a lot about psychological freedom and psychological freedom isn't the absence of suffering. It's the ability to suffer and still perform and still feel love, light, abundance, connection, fulfillment, and still do all of those things and understanding your own human condition and your own needs and still being successful anyway, whatever your definition of success is there. But there's a really beautiful point that you touched on, which I don't think enough ambitious coaches and entrepreneurs are having that conversation. It's almost a badge of honor. Ambition has become sexy how hard you work comes sex. And don't get me wrong. I don't sit around with my, my feet up, like, you know, playing the ukulele doing fuck all. I work hard, man. And I love working hard, but it's understanding that every single individual has a unique production capacity for where they are in their life and what they've got going on. And you've got to understand where their production capacity is. Cause if you don't, you're going to blow up the machine and you're going to end up with psychological setbacks, physiological setbacks, and arguably spiritual setbacks insofar as, well, what am I fucking doing this for? What is the point? So I'm really glad you shared that because not enough people talk about this stuff. And that's obviously why the, the TMP podcast exists. Dude, I felt, and, and thanks for sharing that. And that's what I love about what you're doing is you, you know what you're doing because you've lived it. You've suffered, you went through the process and it's now a part of your process to share the process. That's, it's such a cool thing. And one thing that, that comes up for me in all of this is the fact that I, for the longest time, did not own who I am as a man. I pushed it to the side. I love to work on my business. I love to support people. I love to work hard. I love to love. I love to share my emotions and to share my feelings and to pursue something bigger than myself. I love it. And that's okay. And because of that, now in my life, when I am suffering, at least I'm doing what I love while I'm suffering. 
at least I'm owning my situation when I'm suffering. At least I have something while I'm suffering rather than all the stuff that I don't have. And how often do we push it away? The stuff that we want to own, but we're not actually owning the stuff that does fill our cup. So rather than feeling like we have to suffer and it be bad at the same time, I try to take it from the, I have my full glass right here, even though I'm suffering. But Brennan, how are you, how are you suffering and you still have a glass that's, that's filled? Well, it's because I own my identity. I own the man that I am today. I own these things and therefore it doesn't matter what hits this glass. Even if it spills over and all the water falls out of it, I still have the glass and that's full to me. The glass right there is full to me. Even if it shatters, it's still there. You can't, you're not just going to take all the glass and then evaporate it and then boom. No, it's there regardless. That's how I look at it. And it's been so fulfilling, man. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah, there's a beauty in that. And the things that stop you from really owning who you are, and these are the points you talk about running away from is guilt and shame. The guilt and shame, the parts of yourself you don't want to share with the world, the parts of yourself where you're perhaps in a one-to-one -one session with one of your coaches and they start, well, what's that about? And you go, I don't want to talk about that. And that's when you need to talk about it. It's the bits where you go, I don't know if I can share that. That is where, where you need to go because guilt and shame has been a powerful, powerful control mechanism, whether that's by family, whether that's by culture, whether that's by government, whether that's by religion, whatever. Guilt and shame has been a way to control human beings for a long time. But when you understand that you are inherently enough, you're inherently abundance, you're inherently love, and you're here to contribute as, like you said, something that's bigger than you, then the whole game starts to change. But it's fucking hard getting to that place because you have to have the conversations that no one else wants to have. And you've clearly had those conversations where you're almost embarrassed to say what you're about to say. You, your, whole, your whole body language changes. You're like, ah, oh, fucking, am I really gonna admit that? Am I really gonna say that? Boom, out it comes. And then once it's out, it's out of the box and you've got to go and do the work. And when you do get to that place where you understand, like, yeah, okay, this is who I am. This is what I'm about. I've still got shit to work on. We've all got shit to work and we're still moving. And it's understanding that there is no end game. There is no, this is it, you know. Steve Jobs, obviously, you know, everyone knows Steve Jobs. Um, an American entrepreneur I really, really respect. I read his autobiography. And you know, the biggest piece of value came on like one of the last pages and it caught me with like, such a lead uppercut. And he was speaking to one of the HR managers there. And in the HR manager, she was like, so come on, like you, you, you did amazing. Like you pretty nailed, pretty much nailed this life. Like, you know, what was the best bit? And he goes, there wasn't a best bit. And he goes, she goes, what do you mean? And he said, the thing that I learned is the journey is the reward. It's the journey itself that's the reward, not the I sold the company, not the I pulled this off, not the I create this new technology. It's not there. It's just this constant iteration of that's the reward itself. So when you fall in love with the reward, becoming the person that you want to become and building the things you want to build and not, ah, when I achieve this revenue number or when I achieve this product milestone or when I achieve X or Y or Z, when you learn to fall in love with the journey and you learn to fall in love with who you are and what you want to bring to the world and doing that regardless without guilt, without shame, without the need of proving yourself and doing it for external validation, the whole game changes. And it sounds like that's where you're at. And that's what you're playing with here at, at my coach. AI, which is fucking cool. Very cool. Dude. Yeah. I fucking love it. I love what I do and I love 
the process. How can I not love the process? I love the small wins. I like the heavy losses. I like the learning process behind that. I like creating the process of the process. I like being sure that the person that's hired into the team goes through the same process and does fail during the process, but then wins on the other side of the same process. I love it because it's all the same process. I don't really look at one process and another process as two different things. It's just process. It's progress. That's all it is. It's like a freaking plant. It's like a tree. It's if it's growing, then it's alive. And if it's not growing anymore, usually it's dying. And therefore the process, that's how I look at it. So if I write an SOP, for instance, I, I love it, man. I'm writing something that now people, whether it's six, seven, eight, 15, 25 employees are going to be able to follow and it's going to be their process. It's going to be, it's going to be cool. It's going to be fun. It's going to be progression. Now they're going to be able to do things that are easier that will now allow them to be more powerful in their position. How cool is that? How cool is it that we are at the forefront of even one person in front of us to support them in being better at whatever they do? Come on. That's fucking epic, dude. And yeah, like, fun game. I love it, bro. Kieran, I love it. You know, you said something about plant and I, I use a metaphor of business and companies is like an organism. So like you've got a little organism and you've got all these little bacteria that get bigger and gets bigger and gets bigger. And eventually, and this might even just be your thoughts, right? This is going, without going too psychedelic, this is like each thought is a little organism and they come together, they come together, they come together. And eventually the thought in the mind moves the hands, moves the mouth and the vocal cords to communicate. I've got this idea. I'm going to go and build it. And you start moving your hands, you start doing more thinking and it builds. And eventually that organism, the first created in the mind, right? Things are first created in the mind for the created in the world. And then eventually you create your first little service or product. You create your first sale. Boom. Next thing you know, you've got a business, you've got a little organism. And I like, I like to think of it like a baby. So when I think about TMP, TMP is two and a half years old and it's behaving like a two and a half years old little toddler. So what I mean by that is <laughs> for where we're at right now, it's starting to stand on its own two feet. So I can, I can, I can let it go. And I'm like, go on, little man, go, go. And it's got its first few steps. But if I'm away from the business too far, or if I'm not there, eventually it falls over. And there's a lot of plates that I go, all right, okay, we've got to go, go, reset, reset. Come on, kid, you're crying. All right, up you go, up you go. And it's just that iteration. And when you look at business and entrepreneurship like that, and every little hire, every little process, every little customer that comes on board, it just, it's almost like every time a customer signs up, you're just taking a little spoon full of food and you're giving it to this little toddler, this little baby, like, right, here you go. And then you're taking it to school where you've perhaps got external agencies and it's learning new things, it's learning maths, English, science. And it's really about raising that, that organism to eventually to go stand up on its own and go and change its own world and go and build its own family and go and do its own things. And for me, that is the art of falling in love with the journey and being both the, the artist and the scientist. The artist insofar as, yeah, like be creative. Let's take some risk. Let's see what happens. But then the scientist is looking at the data and going, all right, well, you know, this kid needs a little bit more food or actually we need right. to adjust the way that's walking and having that real, that real balance. And, and that, that for me is what makes the game so fun because it is, it's a game. It's a massive game. Dude, I'm in it to win it, man. I am, I'm in it. And it's now that I get to own it, just like you're talking about the process of the the two-year-old and the three-year-old and the four and the five, I'm in it. Like it's, it's, it's a baby to me. 
everything in life is a baby to me. It's a, it's a process. It's progress. Brendan, it's, what does winning mean to you? What does what? What does winning mean to Brendan? What's your definition of winning? I've had a lot of puzzling around that word, but what does it, what does it mean for you now? Interestingly enough, it is people around me progressing. It, to me, winning is not, if I get a trophy, it's, let me, let me explain it like this. Okay. This is going to get interesting. When I think of winning, if I were to win a trophy right now on the biggest stage, I would look at that trophy as not something that I have gained, but rather the people that are inspired by what I have just achieved have gained. That's the way that I look at winning. The win isn't in me holding up the trophy. It's when I hold up the trophy, what type of impact and waves does that create in the personal lives of the people watching? That's winning to me. And that yeah. is totally, I'm cool with also becoming or being last and that also being the greatest win for people around me and myself. If I get to fail and I say something wrong and 15 people call me out on a call, I'm like, thank you guys and girls, you guys all suck, but nah, you guys clearly have an experience. I have gained this experience. I have failed in this moment. And that is why I'm in the position that I am. Yeah. When I think about winning, that's, that's a beautiful way of, of putting it. Your definition of winning is the way in which you inspire others and how comfortable you are coming last. Because as long as you achieve your objectives of helping others, and that's, that's amazing, which is so different to sports. Competitive sports is you win and you lose, kid. You're either good enough or you're not. And there's, this is a, my, my first ever mindset mental performance coach and therapist said to me, she said, well, look, there's two, her name's Hazel Gale, amazing woman. Um, shout out to Hazel. She said, Kieran, there's two winners in the race. There's, sorry, there's two runners in the race. The first one's running to, uh, running to win. They got to win the race and they're worried and they're scared and they got to prove themselves and they got to show the crowd that they're number one, that they're this and they're that. And they're full of so much stress and panic and chaos and disorder and dysfunction. And then you got the other person that's running because they love running. Running inspires them, it inspires others. And they just enjoy running. And every time they step on the track, they win by default because they love what they do and they love what they're doing. Yeah. The other runner is so stuck in her own head. And I used to be the first runner. And at the time, and I was like, I kind of, I pretended to understand it. I was like, yeah, but I still got to be number one in my sales team. I still got to be number one on the board. Because if I'm not number one on the board, then whatever. And I, I, it took me a long time to internalize that. But actually, when you do get to a place where, you know, when it, you work in service for others, it's amazing how the universe moves. The universe moves in different ways. People respond to you in different ways. Doors start to open in so many different ways that you can't even begin to believe. But that does come from a place of not I'm winning to be number one. No, you just don't compete. You play your own game and you win your own version of winning, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, uh, I've seen the, I don't even think it's magic. I think it's just energy that flows. When you're moving in the right direction, other things move with you. It's just my way of living and thought process. And if things aren't happening for you, 
in this moment, it's most likely the way that you're looking at everything happening. Not so much about what's actually happening. Because many times we take in, oh, I stubbed my toe, right? As like, oh, I stubbed my toe. Why did this happen? This is so bad. Like, I can't believe I stubbed my toe two times in a row. And, oh, this just sucks. To me, I'm like, this just happened for a reason. What lesson is this for me? That's just, that's just the way it's a different perspective on things. And we can go about life in this way of curiosity. And curiosity, I believe, is linked to possibility and opportunity and things like that. Or we can look at everything as it happened. And not only did it happen, but it happened to me. And that's pretty much it. Two ways of doing it. Curiosity, why did it happen? Or this happened and it happened to me. It's, it's never the thing that's the issue. It's your relationship with the thing that's the issue. You know, it's not the, it's not the thing that just happened that's the issue. It's your relationship with it. The other day, I have this thing called King Days. So on Wednesdays, I take Wednesday afternoons off. And I use that to do, I hit some boxing pads in the morning. And then I go get a coffee somewhere and I journal. And I go either hang out by the pool chill the fuck out, I do a bit of reading, I go, I just, I just spend some time by myself and I completely recharge and it sets me up for my Thursday, my Friday and a completely different, and the Wednesday evening when I work, completely different energy. This, this last Wednesday, um, I felt so creative and we've got the TMP event coming up. I was like, fuck it, I am, I am going to go do some work right now. I love this. And even though it was my king day, I said, no, 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 I'm going to do 45 minute little work sprint. And I'd never do this on my king day. I'm usually very disciplined, but I was like, I'm going to do it. So uh, I did it and within five minutes, I spilled coffee all over my laptop and it was the laptop that uh, I built the whole of TMP from. Like, like it was born on that laptop. So there's a sentimental value in it. And five minutes in, I'm looking at my coffee and I'm going, fuck. And it wasn't just a little spill, like the whole thing, all over my white shirt, all over the floor, all <laughs> nearly hit the, the, the poor girl who sat next to me. I didn't know. Nearly he's like rolling over towards her and I'm like, ah, oh no. And uh, I got home, I kind of went, okay, what was that about? And it was like, well, he's trying to work on your king day. I think the universe was just telling me, don't get fucking distracted, boy. You've got that in there for a reason. Keep it. You try to work <laughs> on you your king's day. <laughs> That's funny. You try to work on your king's day. This is what you get. This is what you get, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, exactly that. That's the universe's way of saying me, don't fuck about with this. You found something that works. Stick. <laughs> like, yep, yeah, understood. Lesson learned. Won't do that again. Now, uh, now I've got a coffee, a laptop that stinks of coffee and doesn't work anymore. But I could either cry, get upset. Oh, you know, I'm such a victim. Oh, why me? Oh, and I go, all right, fine. Look, that's a lesson. On I go. Back to my king days next week. So next week, I'm gonna hit my pads in the morning, go sit by the pool, force myself. No, no, no. You're sharpening the saw for a reason. Just to get back to it. And when you change your relationship with that and you can look at the universe and I don't know about you, but I, I call it almost like it's almost perverse insofar as when I get a kick in the nuts in business or life, it's like, oh, I kind of learned something there. As horrible as it is, I've, I've picked up a lesson. Oh, and in business, you often have to pay for your mistakes financially. And you, you, you go, oh, I put a bet on that. On I made this bet on this marketing campaign. It didn't work. Ah, oh, okay. Well, what did I learn? Well, I learned this. Okay, cool. All right. I've got some data. I've got some evidence or Oh no, I made a mistake with this process or this team member. Oh fuck. All right. Well now you know for next time is being able to reprocess a perceived setback as okay, it's a learning, it's data, it's information. 
versus where most people go, which is, this is more evidence I'm not enough. This is more evidence I'm not lovable. This is more evidence I'm a failure. I'm a fuck up. I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. And when you can create that, that disassociation from any single thing that is inherently happening and your self-worth, fuck me, does business become fun? It's like a completely different ball game. You're playing a completely, just a different reality. And that for me is what fascinates me about entrepreneurs that love what they do and they're able to be successful at it and able to build big stuff versus the ones that either A, don't make it, burn out and crash, or B, they make it, but they're never happy, they're never fulfilled and they question themselves, now what? And they start to self-sabotage and they get stuck in those dysfunctional cycles. That's the, that's the puzzle and the games that I'm, I'm fascinated by when I look at them. Feedback and information is, is the true king in all of it too. And that feedback and information will keep you out of the loop. But only if you welcome it. That's my thought on it. Yeah. I got a tattoo on my wrist. I stole it from Ryan Holiday, which is ego is the enemy. And uh, often it's my ego that will be the problem if I'm feeling not enough or not worthy. And he talks about it in the book, Ego is the Enemy. It's a fucking great book. I love that book so much. How ego kicks your ass when you fail at something. Well, who says you weren't meant to fail at that? <laughs> when you're successful, well, who says that makes you better than everyone else? Or you're, when you put yourself as too good to do a certain task, well, who says that? Who says that? It's all, Can it's I all fail ego. all the time, bro? So I when you can start to remove... <laughs> yeah, it's not perfect. But when you catch it, you can kind of have a little smirk, like a little jokester inside, like, ah, you came out again, didn't you? You yeah, cheeky little you fucker. Are, buddy. <laughs> you sucky guy. What are you doing over there, buddy? What's going on there? You failed, loser. You little loser. But not really. Not really. It's like, yo, welcome. Welcome to the party, buddy. Welcome to the party. So as you look forward now, when you've reached this point in your life, where are you planning on taking this? And when I, why this? I don't necessarily mean my coach AI, but you can go into that as well if you want. But where are you planning on taking Brendan? And what, what are you looking at that's going, you know what, this is going to excite me. This is going to stretch me. This is, this is the next phase of my personal evolution and perhaps my coach's AI evolution. I'm not. That's just the simple answer. I'm just not. There's nothing in the future that I really care about. I don't care about the perfect car in the future or the perfect win in the future or where I'm living in the future. I don't care. All I care about is right now in this present moment. That's all I care about. I care about how I'm performing and what I can do right now. That Everything else just doesn't matter. There's just nothing that matters outside of the present moment. It's all stories. It's all pictures. It's all images. It's all potentials or could have been or should have been, it's not the now. So why even put any time or energy into it? Just doesn't make sense to me. Just doesn't. On a personal level, I agree. Playing the now game. All right, well, what's the puzzle I've got to solve now? Where do I need to level up now? And being double focused on, on that side of things. So let's, let's look at the business side. Because if you think about what business is, Business for me is an opportunity to solve puzzles. It is an opportunity to find ways in which you can relieve suffering, help people save time, energy, suffering, money. Um, but a lot of business is about looking into the future and it's looking into, okay, well, what am I doing with this? Where am I going? I look at business, I almost look at business like an architect and a building site and a construction site. 
if we put my little toddler metaphor away for a minute and we go more into the masculine, all right, well, what are we actually building here? So when you look at your plans for, for my coach AI, I personally don't plan outside of three months. I have an idea as where I'd like things to be in six months and nine months. But for me, I look at the three month objectives. Okay, well, what needs to be ticked off now to get to the next level? And I call it earning the right to earn the right to go and do the next thing. So how do you reconcile a guy that only lives in the present and so far as his personal development, but then on the company side of things, how do you play with that? Can I be very real with you? Or would you like me to? I'd be very disappointed if you weren't. Okay. No, no, I'd be disappointed with the sugarcoat. Thanks for for the stage. I think business, maybe I have a different perspective on this. Goals, they can be powerful. Metrics can be met. And you can have metrics company-wide about where you want to go, how much you want to do, X, Y, and Z. But what's interesting to me is companies are expected to have different types of goals, different types of potentials, different types of journeys outside of the personal lives of human, which actually doesn't add up to me because who runs the company? Who runs the company? Well, the humans. The, The humans run the company. And so why would it make sense that we're living in the present moment? We're looking to be fulfilled, to be happy with the things that we're doing, to build great relationships, communicate at a very high level. But then we also, on the business side, don't really take any of that into account. It's really just like performance, metrics, hit this, do that, that's it. And and I, I just don't believe in that. I just don't. So the way that I I approach business is, could my coach AI one day be worth $5 billion? Yeah, it could. Could it be worth $50 million? Sure. Could it sell one day? Sure. Could it raise $20 million? Sure. Could we have tens of thousands of thousands of thousands of coaches and small businesses on our platform? Sure. Is it important to note that these things can be? Absolutely. But how do we get to any of it? Any of it at all? I believe it's about us all on the team being able to live in the present, do, yes, we have our metrics, we have things that we want to reach, but to feel and be at our best in each and every moment that we're working for the company. And so with that being said, the way that I look at the potential of the company or how much it's going to be worth one day or how much it's going to sell for or any of these things is the same way that I look at my life and the way that I live. I'm living now. I'm not living in six months. The company's not living in two years. It's, it, that's not where we are. We're, we're right now. And so how do we create the best SOPs? so that everybody has a great customer journey right now. We do the things that we need right now. So I look at it like, what do we need right now to grow and succeed? And of course, I take the the inkling or the feeling that we do want to be big. We do want to create major impact. But the biggest thing that we want to do beyond anything is major impact. 
And because it's about major impact, now the everyday work and the metrics that we create and how we're working as a team and the systems that we are putting in place honor that and they set us up for that. So it's not so much about the metrics in the future, just like me in my personal life. It's not about where I'm going to be in three years. It's about how am I showing up today? Am I honoring myself? And if I am doing all these different things, how is it going to then support me in my future? It's just going to do it naturally. Does that make sense? That's how I perceive business. Yeah, that's interesting. Because we look at things similarly here. So we do our monthly, I call it the reality check. So for us, we're absolute fanatics. Like we fucking love what we do. We really, really love what we do. Like if you look at all of our team members, they are fascinated by psychology, performance, reality, and, and all of those areas and things. But for us, we have um, the monthly reality check. And I call it the reality check, which is, guys, if you want to keep having this much fun, we've got to make sure that the, the company sustains itself. And the way that we measure that is in three key ways. So number one, we do have a financial uh, budget for the year, and we have to hit a number of different targets to make sure that, A, it's sustainable, it's profitable, it's, it's growing. Because I do think we have an inherent need for growth. Human beings have always needed to grow. Um, yeah. Now, uh, another one that we have outside of the financials is customer NPS. So we use net promoter score. So ours at the moment is plus 80, which is world-class. Um, so for us, we want to make sure that uh, our customer experiences and our customers get more than what they expect when they come through the program. So that, that for us is our, is, our, is our North Star metric, our customers getting what they came for and more, and they loving what they do. Um, and then finally, it's team. So what is the team's engagement score? And we measure that out of 10. So I asked you on your podcast, on a scale of one to 10, how well do you feel like you're performing? We asked the same question, which is um, on a scale of one to 10, how engaged do you feel with your role at CMP? 10 out of 10 is I couldn't visualize doing anything else. I fucking love this. I was born for this. One out of 10 is I'm going to hand in my notes. I hate this. I hate who I've become. I hate all of it. Five out of 10 is some days are good. Some days are bad. Seven out of 10 is, yeah, things are going well. Could be better. And we measure that score and we want to, we can't be a 10 out of 10 all the time. That's not how life works. But for us across the entire, all teams within TMP, if we're anything less than an eight, I'm fucking up. Something's going wrong. And I got to go in and understand, okay, well, why, how have we slipped below an eight? Has somebody outgrown their role? Has somebody got too much work on their plate? Is it, has something changed within the culture? And we use those three things for us as the reality check insofar as, okay, this is great. We love what we're doing, but we need to check on these things to make sure that we can continue to, to do this. And we check in on that every single month and that everything's transparent. The team knows revenue, profit. They know our customer NPS, they know the team NPS. It's all, it's all there. Um, but I love the, okay. All right. Well, right now, what do we need to solve? What puzzles do we need to solve right now? How are we going to solve them? And that it's a balance of being present enough to know this is what I'm working on right now. But then, and I find this is always the challenge as an entrepreneur that looks at the deeper reality of things. What is going on? What is the present moment? But then also, all right, well, I'm the captain of the ship. Where am I, where am I steering that ship? What is the vision? Yeah. Where are you going? No, I, I agree with everything you're saying. And I, uh, I'm on board with it, man. I think there is, there's so much, there is so much opportunity and also it's a business. So you have to have some type of metrics or you have to have certain conversations with your team to, to understand where you're going and, and the things that you're doing. So no, I, dude, I totally agree with you. I'm not, I'm not disagreeing at all. 
I'm not. I'm not. I it, it it's it's more so like the the process is really what matters the most and those metrics. I like how you're measuring those metrics because in our personal lives, who would help us measure those metrics? It would be a coach, it would be a therapist, it would be someone like your team, right? It would be people like that. And with a business, it's just the same thing. You're, you're working, it's still personal. And who's giving you your, the feedback? Well, it's the questions that we're providing to you that you answer. And that's the feedback of a business. So it's, it's, it's very similar. And I'm not saying that I don't want to get to the company of, of 5 billion. I, I'm not saying that I don't want to have tens of thousands of clients. I'm not saying any of that. It's more so how yeah, do I yeah. do the day to day? How do I work? You know? But that's always the dance, isn't it, as an entrepreneur, which is, well, how do I focus on right now and living in the moment and loving this? But then also, how do I uh, build a vision that inspires? How do I uh, navigate this ship to make sure that we can keep doing this? Because I don't know about you, but I've worked in roles before where whilst on the outside, they look really flashy and successful. I fucking hated, absolutely hated. It wasn't aligned with me. It wasn't aligned with my <laughs> yeah. being. I wasn't aligned with myself. And I never want to fucking go back to that. And neither do my team. My team, they've all got corporate backgrounds. Uh, so they know they know what that's like. So you almost you've got the whole running towards love, light, and abundance. But there's also, hang on, we don't want to go back there. We really don't want to fucking go back there. And it's 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 having the that's why we call it the reality check. If we don't hit these metrics or these numbers, this all has to stop. Anybody else want this to stop? No, we love this game. All right, well let's keep playing the game. Let's keep playing the game, and that's that's how we see it. Facts. Facts. Well, dude, look, I fucking love this. I could, I could go on for, um, I would go on probably for about another hour or two on on these. I could I absolutely love well. having you on the on the podcast, man. Um, where can everyone find you? Just look me up on uh, anywhere. Brendan Myers, B R E N D A N M E Y E R S. That's it. Anywhere, just message me. Instagram mainly, I'm I'm there as well, but you know, I'm just working. I'm focused. That's what I'm doing. Amazing. And if anybody wants to. Check out my coach AI. Where should they head? MyCoachAI.com. That's it. And if you want to throw in your name in the join waiting list, uh, we end up reaching out to you. So we have a pretty good, uh, pretty good. We have a powerful fucking team that supports and we do things differently at MyCoachAI. It's so awesome. We like really work with everybody one on one, get you onboarded into our system, learn our system, win big with your clients, masterminds, Q and A's, internal Slack group. It's it's amazing. It's powerful, powerful stuff we're doing. Amazing, Brendan. Well, mate, I appreciate you. I appreciate your time. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. I know there's going to be so many people that are going to find so much uh, value from this. If you found this helpful, add it to your stories. Tag us both into uh, into your stories. Uh, we're trying to get the message of total mental performance out there. Before we go, Brendan, we've got one last question we ask every guest. Um, forget us as an organization. Forget us as a team. But what does the phrase total mental performance mean to you? If you had total mental performance in your model of the world, how would you know? Number one, I'm surprised that you were even able to get that name. <laughs> Number two, it means everything. What it means to me is balance, groundedness, power, communication, purpose, drive, that's what total mental performance means to me. It is being optimized in what is owning who we are and creating what we want. Love that. Brendan, mate, 
it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. And uh, looking forward to shipping this one out. Cheers, brother. Thank you. So that's us for today, team. I want to say a huge thank you for spending this portion of your life listening to us. A couple of things before you disappear. If you're not already following us on Instagram, you can find all of our daily content on mindset and hitting peak performance at Total Mental Performance or our website, www.totalmentalperformance.com. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You'll find us on Spotify, uh, the Apple Podcasts, and all the other various different platforms. Big love. Thank you ever so much. And we're looking forward to speaking with you soon.